You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey bees, what's up? (laughs) Welcome back to episode number 17 of The Happy Gynecologist. Today we're going to be talking about comfort. And how this kind of came about, I had a rough week last week. I um, was facing an uncertain outcome with a patient. And I was really faced with a lot of questions after that of, could I have done this better? And what if? And should I have done this? Or should I have done that? I was basically shooting all over myself, which is terrible. I like to suggest that you eliminate the word should from your vocabulary like I'm working on doing. Just going on a diet from that word never actually helps me. (laughs) Anyway, I found myself seeking out comfort. And I was seeking out something that would make me feel better. Of course, my brain may be different from yours, but the default factory setting in mine is, is hey, maybe we should go find some cake and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> um, which I may have found a Dr. Pepper that day. Uh, I will tell you that, but I'm working on that too. We're all works in progress here. But I definitely found myself wanting to eat all the sugar and scroll my phone and just kind of numb out. I was looking for those things. I wanted to feel better. I was searching for something to comfort myself. I was looking for comfort after a stressful situation. So what is comfort? Comfort can be defined in a variety of ways. And here are some of my favorite definitions. Uh, Comfort can be described as a contented well-being, a feeling of relief or encouragement a satisfying or enjoyable experience. I like this one. Comfort can be defined as a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. Or this might be my favorite. Comfort could be the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. And that really hit home with me because how many of us face grief or distress on, you know, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, um, some of us right now with COVID, maybe a daily basis. And so what I'd like to propose today is that perhaps we all seek comfort. Comfort is safe. It feels good to our primitive brains. It's a signal to our brains that the lion is no longer chasing us and that we are safe amongst our herd of cave people within our cave, right? <laughs> now in more modern times, we're conditioned to think that we should be happy 24-7, And that if we aren't happy 24-7, we should get that way. (laughs) So we will often look to comfort ourselves when we feel negatively. We can also see this in marketing. Marketing towards this need for comfort is huge. And so you'll see ads that aim for you to think that you should buy this product or that product to feel better. Marketing people know all about the psychology of this and they definitely cash in on it. And social media knows this too, by the way. They want you to just take a break and connect with your friends, right? Like it's a form of self-care. I've seen coffee companies sell, sell you coffee based on comfort. Like you're doing something comforting to yourself for buying this, right? It'll make you feel better. Snack companies definitely do this. <laughs> it is huge in the food industry. Think about it. Where did the word comfort food come from? It probably came from their marketing companies. It's a huge trend right now too, especially in COVID times. Because I think that probably most of us have been looking for a little more comfort these days. And maybe maybe that's where the sourdough craze came from, y'all. We were looking for the new comfort food. (laughs) 
Any of you guys done that? If someone listens to this after COVID, you guys should look it up. It's like everybody and their dog got got a sourdough starter from their neighbor. They started making this sourdough bread. It's quite the process, I've heard. I know one of my partners has been doing it, and uh, it looks like she's she had some good results a while back. I don't know if she's making it still, but but what I want you to know is that you know all this marketing and all this input and all this you know conditioning suggests that our brains should never feel negatively. So when we're stressed or overwhelmed or burnt out, we seek out comfort. We will find a way to avoid feeling negatively. We'll do anything except for feel those feelings sometimes. But I want you to remember that life is 50-50, which means that half the time we can expect to feel negative emotions. And that's normal. That's okay. We don't have to run for them. We don't have to comfort them. We don't have to cover them up with food or wine or social media or overspending on Amazon or whatever it is. Netflix, right? Oftentimes, this is us showing up in a way that's not healthy for us. Or maybe this doesn't have a positive impact on our life. And so basically, it's buffering. Buffering, if you remember, back in episode number four, uh, which I highly suggest you go listen to if this resonates with you. Buffering is where you look to external things to pacify or cover up your feelings. So if you think about like in chemistry lab, you would add a buffer to dampen a chemical response. Just like that, we add buffers in our life to dampen our emotions. And that can be positive or negative emotions, but usually negative emotions. So we, you know, we look for things to help dampen our emotions. So an example of this might be having a late night delivery and you're kind of grumpy about being up there late, so you go get orange juice and peanut butter crackers from the nurse's station while you do your charting. That used to be me, like, after every single late-night delivery. Um, Not because I was hungry, but I deserved a treat for being up there, or I wanted to feel better about being up there. But it's not really a treat, right? There, A treat is, is something much nicer than, you know, orange juice and stale saltines with peanut butter. <laughs> so... Buffering always leads to a negative consequence. So in my case, this was leading to weight gain because I was eating whenever I wasn't really hungry. So I was overeating. And, you know, some some of us will do the same thing, but with social media or with wine or with overspending. There's lots of ways to buffer. And so we are essentially looking to those things to feel better. And really, these things do nothing to signal to our bodies that, okay, you are safe and you can complete your stress cycle and you, you know, you are not in danger anymore. It doesn't signal our primitive brain that you are no longer in danger. And so oftentimes, you know, for example, if you drink a glass of wine, you're still going to feel stressed. So maybe you go back and get another. Or maybe you look for some snacks to go go with it, right? It might do the trick, right? Maybe I'll just have a little snack to go with it and that'll that'll help, right? And so so food, alcohol, and social media do not close the stress cycle well right? So if you're kind of questioning me like, hey, what's the stress cycle? Um, That is something we talked about in episode eight. And don't worry, you don't have to go back right now. Um, Basically, the stress cycle is something that needs to be closed. We have to signal our body that the stress is done, that the lion has stopped chasing us, that we do not you know, have to run from danger right now. And so this is like a very primitive thing, right? That our, our brains and our bodies have evolved to do and um, basically, you have to do certain things to close the stress cycle. And 
alcohol and social media don't close the stress cycle. I can tell you that. (laughs) Okay. So whenever we do things that close the stress cycle, it basically signals our body like, hey, we're safe. The, The lion is gone. Right. And basically it it downregulates our cortisol, our stress hormones, and um, basically gets us out of that fight or flight mode and into a mode of, you know, just being calm, being stress-free, okay? Lots of unclosed or unresolved stress cycles leads to burnout. So that's something we talked about back in episode eight, if you want to go check that out. So something needs to signal our body that it's okay that we don't have to keep running, we don't have to be scared or stressed. And so when we go searching for comfort in, you know, OJ and crackers or a glass of wine, maybe that's our body's way of seeking comfort from the chronic stress that we're dealing with day to day, okay? Yeah, we live in more modern times, there's not a lion chasing us, but that really crappy delivery that you just did, that you were really nervous about how baby's going to do or how mom's going to do, or maybe it just didn't go like you thought it would. Um, Maybe there's a complication. You know, that stuff builds up day after day after day, and that's what leads to our burnout. So let's talk about ways that we can offer our body comfort that doesn't rely on food or alcohol or social media or overspending. And so the first one of these things that I really want to encourage you to do is, of course, comforting yourself with warm, loving thoughts. Okay, I know this sounds a little woo-woo. I know you're probably thinking, yeah, whatever. But acknowledging what you were feeling, like, I had a bad delivery. I'm feeling, I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling fear. Acknowledging that feeling and then comforting yourself like a good friend would. I like to tell myself, it's okay, love. I know that delivery didn't happen as expected, but we're going to be okay. So many of us automatically go to a place of judgment and shame and kind of critical thoughts, like in a drill sergeant voice or a mean attending voice, like if you had a, you know, a a kind of strict attending that would yell at you. We kind of tell ourselves, buck it up, buttercup, and get on, you know, whenever we're stressed out or whenever something like this happens. Maybe that was modeled to us as a kid or during our training, right? So of course we tend to go there as well but it doesn't usually produce any comfort. So I like to focus on myself and talking to myself as if I was talking to a dear friend or to one of my kids. If they're upset and needed comforted, what words would I offer them? Right? If it's my work bestie that just had something bad happen, what words would I offer her or him? I'll even sometimes put my hand over my heart and just feel that physical connection while I acknowledge my feelings. There's something about that that connects you with your inner self and that feels comforting. And I know it sounds like a lot, (laughs) but it really works. And the good news is no one else has to know that you're doing this. You can generate this at any time. You can generate comfort anytime you want by thinking comforting thoughts. And it's not conceited. It's not self-centered or anything like that. So many of us are kind of programmed to think that if we talk nicely to ourselves that we're conceited or selfish but that's just not true (laughs) okay conceited is like when you think highly of yourself while you bring someone else down like I'm awesome and better than you (laughs) that is not what this is saying hey girl I'm awesome and we're okay is not conceited okay talking to yourself in a loving manner is not doing that 
Instead, you're offering your body comfort with loving words to help and support yourself through stress. Being there for yourself and having your own back is one of the most kind things you can do for yourself. Not just when things are not going well, but every day. And so, you know, this may be something that you choose to practice every day <laughs> and, and really working on that relationship with yourself, being kind to yourself, not beating yourself up, not kicking yourself whenever you're down because nobody gets better whenever, you know, by self-shaming or self-flagellating. You don't improve. All you do is create, you know, an emotional setup that is, um, you know, even more stressful, basically. So, the second thing on my list is, uh, as a way to offer self-comfort, is to surround yourself with comfortable things, okay? Now, I'm not saying, like, go buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying, like, if you're on call, you bring your own nice sheets or your own nice bedding, or maybe you wear a super comfy sweater, or maybe just your favorite comfy socks that you wear every day. I like to call these things my creature comforts <laughs> because I definitely have creature comforts. I like to have my own pillow if I stay in a hotel or in the call room. I bring it with me and it has a really soft pillowcase on it that I love. <laughs> I, I also like to have like a fuzzy blanket if I'm hanging out and charting or if I'm in the call room, maybe go get a warm blanket from the warmer, right? Just finding little ways to have your creature comforts, Okay. Whenever I pack my call bag for a weekend, I always bring my favorite body wash, you know, like really finding things that are comforting to me. My favorite lotion, you know, stuff like that. Okay. You have to find ways to have your creature comforts too. Okay. So many of us spend so much time at the hospital or in the call room, waiting around for deliveries or in between surgeries. Why not be comfortable and find ways to offer our body a sense of comfort while we're there? I've got friends that uh, have a heated, like an electric blanket that they, that they leave in their call room. And I think that's such a great idea. Just like having something that is yours that's not like the hospital sheets with the little EKG pad stuck to it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Another way of offering yourself comfort is by tidying your space. Many people think of tidying or cleaning or organizing kind of like a shower for their home right? They say they feel so much better once it's done. They feel this sense of relief and comfort. You don't actually have to do it yourself. I'm not saying that. You could definitely pay someone to do it if it's just having things neat and, and tidy uh, that helps you. But many people actually enjoy the act of tidying up. I think, honestly, like on a personal level, that this is harder to enjoy if you have small children that quickly untidy things, but still. I definitely enjoy tidying, but get frustrated sometimes whenever that happens. So I like to think that, you know, whenever we're in, we are in an area that is cluttered, often it adds kind of this low level of stress to our brains. Like maybe some very primitive part of our brain is scanning the horizon and, and like thinking this area is unsafe right? I know that my living room often looks like somebody ransacked it, <laughs> even though it's just like that for my toddlers. But I'm pretty sure my brain questions it sometimes. It feels uneasy. It's like it's scanning the area and questioning like, is this safe? Are we in a crime scene? <laughs> you know? So now I know the truth, but that's my primitive brain's job is to identify danger. 
So it is constantly looking to make sure that, you know, this isn't a signal that we have arrived at something, something bad. Okay. So tidying is a way that you can actually, you know, calm, calm that sense of, of primitive brain kind of freaking out or feeling uneasy in your surroundings and offer yourself that sense of comfort. Um, the next thing on our list is a warm shower or bath. Even if it's like you're in a call room and you have a warm washcloth, <laughs> there is something about warm water that is super comforting to us as humans. And, you know, as an OB, maybe maybe this goes back to being in the womb or something. I don't know. But it offers a sense of peace and of comfort. It signals our bodies, hey, we are safe. You don't have to run anymore. You are safe. You can get naked and get in that water, <laughs> right? And that closes the stress cycle. The stress cycle can then stop. The next thing on my list is um, a way to offer yourself comfort is to have a conversation with someone you feel safe with. This can be like debriefing. It can be venting. It can be crying with a friend. Just a way to get that, that negative energy out, feeling your feelings and processing them. This is what I think is so powerful about life coaching. And if you guys aren't, you know, familiar with life coaching, life coaches are basically trained to hold space in a non-judgmental way so that you can do all these things. So basically, we are trained, especially, to be able to deal with these emotions coming from our client, but not be uncomfortable by them, okay? So like I, whenever I'm working with a client... I can hold space and listen to all the negative emotions coming out and not feel uncomfortable at all. Whereas if you're, you know, talking with your bestie, they may like change the subject or like make a joke or be like, oh, I'm going to go beat them up, you know, to to kind of change how the conversation is going. Not, you know, because they don't want to talk about it, but because they're slightly uncomfortable with those emotions. And so this is why I think everybody needs a life coach. I mean, I love my friends that I can vent to. Don't get me wrong. And I vent to them often. But there is something about venting to someone that, you know, doesn't always believe your crap too. <laughs> like someone that won't believe what a victim I am whenever I tell them my sob story. <laughs> so someone that doesn't feel bad for me and tell me, you know, you know, tell me, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you whenever I tell them horrible things have happened, okay? Sometimes just being with someone that doesn't like believe all of that is so invaluable. You just need someone to listen, right? They don't, they don't jump in on, on my, my story. They just listen. So find a friend like that um, or, you know, whenever you need to vent, make a deal with your partner or your friend or your bestie or your spouse ahead of time. Um, you know, whenever you need to vent, you know, to have ask the question, hey, do I need to help you problem solve or do I just need to listen? I think that's a beautiful thing. I have a friend whose husband offers that to her whenever she starts kind of venting because he used to like want to like offer to like fix all the things. And she's like, no, no, I just need to get this out. I just need to vent. And so now they have an understanding of, okay, do I need to help you problem solve or do I need to just be here and listen? And I just think that's such a beautiful thing. So have someone that you can do that with. You don't need advice. You just need to invent, right? And then the last way that I want you to consider offering yourself comfort is through affection. Um, you know, I think that sprinkling a little love on everything is what makes 
you know, every situation better. And so whether that's love for yourself, love for your partner, your spouse, your pet, your child, you know, your houseplants, something, okay? We've talked about this a little bit on past episodes, but science has shown (laughs) having a tight hug with someone that you trust for 20 seconds can actually downregulate your cortisol, your stress hormones, right? This is super effective at signaling your body that you are safe and also providing that feeling of comfort. Our sense of connection that comes from this signals our body that we can decrease the stress, stop the fight or flight, and feel better, feel comfort. We feel that sense of relief that comes with comfort. So remember, the first step is always creating awareness. Whenever I say that, I mean, start noticing where this shows up in your life. Start noticing when you are seeking comfort outside of yourself. Okay, are you buffering? Are you looking to something external and trying to add things in to feel better? Like food, sugar, wine, other alcohol, you know? Are you shopping to feel better, to get that sense of like pleasure out of shopping? Okay, there's a million different ways we can buffer. So start noticing whether you're doing that to try and feel better. Ask yourself, what am I asking this, you know, Dr. Pepper to do for me? And if you want to have a Dr. Pepper, go have a Dr. Pepper by all means. (laughs) But if you're turning to that to feel better, it may not help. Okay. And if you're not satisfied with kind of your behaviors and your thought patterns right now, start trying to offer yourself some comfort in other ways that are better for you. Start with evaluating how you're speaking to your inner self. That's step one majorly right there. Okay. Are you talking to your inner self like you would a dear friend? Why not offer her words of comfort like you would a dear, dear friend? Okay. These are all ways to start offering yourself comfort instead of looking to those things that are not really going to help you close the stress cycle. So I want you to try it out. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Pick one. It could be, you know, it could be as simple as instead of having this you know, opening this bottle of wine, I'm going to go take a long, hot bath. Okay. Doing something nice for yourself like that, that doesn't create a negative, you know, net negative net result for you. Okay. Now I, um, am always here to help. If there's anything I can do, please reach out to me. You can always shoot me an email. Find me on Instagram, find me on my website. Okay. Um, my email's in the show notes and, uh, yeah, if you guys, have anything or any suggestions for future podcasts, please let me know. Also, I am looking for more reviews, guys. I know I keep bugging you, um, but that is truly the way to get this word out. I have a goal of, you know, wanting to help thousands of OPGYNs. And one of the ways that I can get the word out there is to have reviews on my podcast. Okay. That brings it up in the algorithm so that other OBGYNs can see it. And, um, I don't have to, you know, annoy you guys with stupid ads. Okay. So that's my self ad right there. Help a girl out. Okay. All right, y'all until next week. Hope you have a great week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the happy gynecologist. If you have questions or comments, head on over to my website, coach-miles.com, or follow me on Instagram at coachmilesmd. I'd also love it if you left me a review on iTunes. See you next week.